Alright, today we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this is class number 11. And we'll be in chapter 5, as I said before, in verse number 8. Let's get right into the scripture. Once you've found your place, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 8. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And so we'll try to get from verse number 8 to verse number 13 today. Let's go back to verse number 8. But let us who are of the day be sober. Let us who are of the day. Christians are supposed to be of the day, not of the night. We're supposed to be of light, not of darkness. And so that'd be a very good a very good way of looking at your life on a daily basis. A lot of times people looking at their life in the sense of whether they have liberty or whether they have bondage or whether they are a Pharisee or whether they're a legalist, different things like that. Uh, but what we really want to look at as uh, being Christians is pleasing the Lord. And the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And so when he says here, let us who are of the day be sober. So this is, a, this is really a verse that talks about reality. Let us who are of the day. Well, you got this uh, war going on in your flesh according to the book of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 7 in particular and there's a there's a tug of war going on between your flesh and the spirit and there is temptations to follow the flesh and there's leadings of the Holy Spirit leanings of the Holy Spirit uh, there is uh, strivings from the Holy Spirit that uh, constrains you to do the right thing and to go in the right direction and so really the uh, the gist of the first part of verse 8 here is getting it in your mind who you are. Let us who are of the day be sober. And so you really just have to come to the realization and, and grasp the reality that you are a Christian. You've asked the Lord to save you. You've come to the knowledge that Jesus died for sinners, that you are a sinner, uh, regardless of your training, re regardless of your background, regardless of your upbringing. You saw that you being a son of Adam or a fallen man, uh, you have uh, repented of the way you wanted to run your life, the way that you would uh, direct your own life and recognize that God is the uh, master. He's the maker. He's the creator. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And you're going to decide to follow him. Well, this is a matter of identity. Let us who are of the day be sober. Well, you know, I just really don't feel like I need to be 
uh, following all these rules and regulations. But let's forget the rules and regulations for a minute. Are you of the day or are you of the night? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on the world's side? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on the devil's side? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on your side? And even uh, that should be mentioned as a Christian, you're bought with the price. You really can't afford to be on your side. Now, you may have a profession, you may have... Uh, hopes and dreams that you want to fulfill as far as hobbies go and as as far as housing goes and some things like that that the Lord will certainly allow you to accomplish in your life but the fact of the matter is is that the first thing that a Christian needs to do is realize that he is on the Lord's side and that he should be on the Lord's side and that the Lord has a calling for him he has a purpose for him and get into that calling get into that purpose and realize that we are uh, of the day we're not of the night we're Christians we're not just uh, uh, sons of Adam anymore so he says let us who are of the day be sober uh, and that's a very good that's a very good starting place and now of course uh, the the word sober has uh, a regular normal meaning uh, in other words uh, not drunk not intoxicated, overpowered by spiritous liquors, to use the words of Webster's Dictionary. And then that's a physical meaning, and it certainly applies here in verse 8. And there's also a mental uh, and spiritual aspect to the word sober. Not mad or insane. That's the definition out of Webster's Dictionary. And that certainly has to do with our mental aspect. Uh, and then as far as spirituality goes, it says having a regular exercise of cool, dispassionate reason. I believe that would uh, be a very large part of being a spiritual man. It's not being ruled by the passions, whether they be good or bad, whether they be positive or negative. We're not to be ruled by passion uh, I believe that it is possible for a Christian, if he was overzealous, and that, uh, and uh, you can draw your own lines about what being overzealous is, or or what it is not. But if some people didn't have their passions, they wouldn't have anything at all. If Christianity wasn't. Uh, uh, shouting or or such things as that, then they would be have no interest in Christianity. Wouldn't be anything to them. Well, in real life, which has to do with being sober, in reality, which has everything to do with being sober, there's going to be times that you're up. There's going to be times that you're down. The word sober means serious, solemn, grave, and I, I would encourage you to look up the word grave and study the word grave uh, when we talk about being serious and solemn and grave we're talking about being able to face life when it's not up when it's not shouting when it's not uh, having the time of your life there's going to be low times there's going to be uh, in between times there's going to be times when you're up there's going to be times when you're down there's going to be times when things are even killed and and what we would call regular but we have to be sober we have to be uh, ruled by truth rather than passion if we're ruled by passion then we'll be uh, addicted to the high times and we'll be depressed when we're in our low times and so the admonition for Christians is that we who are of the day should be sober and 
our strength, our protection should be, as it says in the remainder of verse 8, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Uh, Faith should be our uh, standard. Faith should be uh, the thing that props us up. Faith should be the thing that helps us to remain strong when uh, the chips are down, when things are not going exactly the way that we uh, think they should. There will be times when things are even killed. Uh, when things are even killed, it's not too bad. It's not too good. We think we're in a rut. That's not true at all. Uh, when things are just going along the way they always have, the uh, routine day in and day out for a couple of weeks or month in your, months in your life, uh, the stability of soberness, the stability of truth, the stability of faith ought to sustain you just to keep going. Well, I, I've been to church, you know, seven weeks in a row. And I remember the first couple of weeks it was real high and everybody was shouting. And, and now it seems to have slacked off. Well, maybe that's just life. Maybe that's just the way that it's supposed to be. And don't despair and quit. When uh, when folks are not shouting and when folks are not uh, what seems to be rejoicing, sometimes shouting isn't necessarily rejoicing. Sometimes rejoicing is when things are just average uh, and ordinary. People are still trusting in God and still going about God's purposes for their life. That's a very sober way of looking at things. And it's a position of faith and it's a position of love. We love him because we first loved because he first loved us. And the Bible says if we love the brethren, if we love God, and if we love the brethren, we keep his commandments. And so uh, when we're operating from a position of love, when our life is guided by uh, the ministry that it's going to have to others, the effect that it's going to have on others, and that we're, we're basing our life, uh, whether it be way up high or way down low on what truth is and what God said about a situation rather than how we feel about a particular time or situation, then we can know that we are living a sober life, a grave life, and that we have protection. It's a breastplate. It's a protection. It protects your heart. It protects your vitals as far as a a true uh, physical breastplate goes. It protects your vitals. Uh, If damage happens to those vitals, you'll die. Well, in a spiritual sense, this breastplate protects your heart, protects your emotions. Uh, When you have a hard time, you can stay on him. When you're having great times, you're still stayed on him. And you're not addicted to high times like they're a drug. And you're uh, you're not depressed by low times as if it's the end of the world. You're trusting in him. You're counting on him. You have faith in him because you know that he loved you. He gave himself for you. Certainly if he would love you and give himself for you, then he would sustain you and bring you through whether times are good or whether times are bad. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, this is regards the future, the hope. Anytime you're talking about hope, you're talking about the future. I have hope right now, but my hope is based on the future. Uh, as you read down through, we read through just a few minutes ago these passages of Scripture. Verse number 11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Well, that comfort, we can run that back to chapter 4 and verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's a, re- it's a reference to the future coming of the Lord. And so when he says the hope of salvation, 
uh, in verse number 8, chapter 5, verse 8, the hope of salvation. He says, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation for God hath not appointed us. That's an appointment for the future. He hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are saved, but we will obtain salvation uh, in regards to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, the redemption of our body. The, uh, the head, as it it refers to a helmet in verse number 8 for in helmet the hope of salvation the thing that usually gets a hold of our head and brings us low or gets a hold of our head and causes us to doubt is this brain thinking in regards to what's happened right now or what happened in the immediate past or in some cases maybe even the the far into your past the things that went on that may cause you some trouble now or uh, whatever the case may be whether it be your recent past your far past or the things that's going on right now uh, whatever it is it can't be so bad as to negate the future that God has for you and so uh, for a helmet the Christian has for protection the hope of salvation. I'm saved right now. God has forgiven me of my past and I've got a great future to look forward to in regards to salvation, in regards to the coming of the Lord, in regards to I'm looking forward to even before the Lord comes, the Lord helping me with the things that I need help with today. Uh, I could sit around and worry about tomorrow. I could sit around and worry about next week. And certainly, uh, as all men do, we plan for those things and look forward to those things. But we ought not to have our futures uh, and even our presents ruined by the fact that we can't see that God has made a way for us. He's bought a way for us. He's given us all things. He's given us a sound mind. He's given us his word. He's given us great promises. As Simon Peter says, great and precious promises. And so this idea of putting on an, for an helmet, putting on in the place of an helmet, the hope of salvation is to look at what a great future we have, at what a great Savior we have, at what great provision He's made for us both in our past, what He can do for us now, and what He will do for us in the future. God hasn't appointed us to wrath. Now that has a great reference to the wrath of God that will be poured out in the, book of in the book of Revelation during the tribulation. Pardon me there for the uh, twist of the tongue, but God has provided for us that we can escape the wrath to come. That wrath that will be poured out in the book of Revelation uh, during the tribulation time. But uh, as an immediate reference, that is, God has not appointed us to wrath. He's appointed us to salvation. Uh, in a present situation, uh, we could have sown to the flesh and we could reap destruction we could reap condemnation. We could reap bad things. But if we confess our sins, if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we take advantages of the things that God has provided for us, God has not appointed us to wrath, but he's appointed us to salvation. That's not just the salvation of our souls. That's salvation in every situation. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe that's the context uh, in which we find this verse here. He uh, told us that he, we were to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, 
we should live together with Him. So our life is bound up with Christ even as we live today. It's not just salvation from hell later. It's not just salvation from the wrath to come during the tribulation that's revealed in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, and other places like that. But whether we wake, whether we live, or whether we sleep, whether we die, we live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. The battle is one force. We may go through some of the fight. We may go through some of the hardship. We may, may go through some of the times that try our faith. But Simon Peter says, count it all joy. Uh, because we know that we have a faithful father. We know that we have a faithful savior. We know that we have a, a faithful master. We know that we have a faithful friend. That'll go through us, uh, that'll go through it with us and walk with us, and he's already won the victory for us. And so this is a great passage of scripture, and the greatest part of this scripture, if I could remind you again about verse number 8, let us who are of the day be sober. That means be clear in your thoughts. Don't let, don't let yourself be distracted from the fact that you have a great hope, you have a great Savior. Uh, exercise uh, being cool in your mind when you're tempted to be over passionate when you're tempted to overthink when you're tempted to do those things remember that you're to have a sober life a christian life based in reality life is going to be hard life is going to be difficult but i've got the maker of life and the giver of life to go through it with me and that is the great uh, strength of this passage here but let us who are of the day be sober be grounded in reality be grounded in the truth that Christ has died for you not just to save you someplace off in the future but to save you right now today you're a believer in Jesus Christ believe him also for today not just for heaven not just as an escape from the tribulation but believe him as a savior of today a savior of your life right now and again the passage of scripture says in verse number uh, 10 who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him and that says everything about today verse number 12 he says we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves and these verses of scripture uh verse number 12 and 13 they could say a lot we could say a lot about those things and and we'll say more about uh people's position in the body of christ and people's position in the church once we get over into the book of timothy but in this case i'll say this just as it introduces it in verse 12 he says we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you get to know the leadership of your church get to know those that as it says them which labor among you and are over you in the lord uh, we know that we're all sinners we know that we're all saved by the same grace. We know that we all have the same flesh. We, have, we all have the same passions. We all have the same struggles. But there are people who have gone down the road further than we have in the faith. There are people that have gone down the road further than we have in life. There are people that have had experiences uh, in life and with the Lord that we haven't had. Some are young. Some are old. But the Lord certainly points out here the positional factor of people in the body of Christ. There are people who have experienced 
what you may be experiencing for the first time as a Christian. And the Bible says that God has given you as a gift pastors and teachers and evangelists. And those people are are a gift to you. They are an advantage for you. And the Bible says get to know them. Uh, When you have hardships, speak with them. Uh, Tell them what you're going through. Uh, Find out what they've been through. Find out how they tried the Lord, how they tried the scripture, how they tried the promises and found them and found God faithful and found the promises true and get to know why do you believe this and why do you have confidence in this, that or the other, whatever the problem may be, get to know them, the Bible says, and it says as as a final statement and be at peace among yourselves, Uh, be at peace with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, There's one thing about bad things happening among the brethren but there's another way in which we can look at our brothers and sisters in Christ they are going through life I'm going through life they have their problems I have my problems they have their battles I have my battles and so if I'm looking to get along with them rather than to find something wrong with them and find something to uh, disqualify them so that I might qualify myself Christianity is not a competition it is uh, it's a body Uh, We all have to finish together. And certainly there are situations in the Bible that you'll find reasons to separate. You'll find reasons that you can't walk. How can two walk together except they be agreed? I understand all those things. But we shouldn't be looking uh, for reasons to separate. We should be looking for reasons to be at peace. If I'm at peace with my brother, just like I can get help. Uh, from those that are over me I can get help from those who are equal with me not only that I may have went further down the road uh, than some somebody who's coming along behind me and even though I need help from pastors I need help from teachers I need help from evangelists well somebody that's coming along the road behind me might need help from me and so he says uh, know them that are over you and be at peace among yourselves so The church together is always going to be better than the church divided. And these are things that you'll have to remember. I believe that's why it's put here in the context as far as hope for tomorrow, strength for the day goes. You're going to need all the advantages that God has given you in pastors and teachers. And you're going to need all the advantage that comes from fellow laborers, fellow servants that are in your church, that are standing there beside of you. They may not have every thought just like you. They may not dress exactly like you do. They may not have been raised exactly like you were. They may have not been down the road as far as you've been. But they, the fact that they're there... Uh, probably means they're on your side and you should take advantage of that. And I don't mean uh, taking advantage in some sinister way, but there is great advantage in being in the body of Christ. And I believe that that's what the Lord's trying to tell us here in this passage. All right, we'll stop right there. And next time we'll pick up in verse number 14.